Hello and welcome to Inspiration Attack Co. presents Five Steps to Recognizing and Overcoming Burnout. I am so glad that you're here today. I am your host, Ellen Begay. If you haven't had the pleasure of meeting me or learning about IAC or Inspiration Attack Co., please check out my other videos on YouTube. There you will find answers to some of your questions, such as, Who is Ellen Begay? What is an inspiration attack? Why five steps? To sum it all up quickly, for those of you who have not had the privilege of watching these videos yet, I am a wife, mom, smom, two kids grown and out of the house, one in middle school. I am a burnout survivor, fibro warrior, depression and anxiety battler, who is winning more days than not, and so much more. My mission in life and with IAC is to guide as many women as possible to go after their dream lives one step at a time. Through this process, I have had the privilege of being blessed by these amazing strong women and so many more. What each and every one of these people don't realize is that they have encouraged me as much as I have encouraged them. These words mean so much to me and hopefully I'll be able to help you have your words like this sometime. So today we are here to discuss the five steps to recognizing and overcoming burnout. So to start, what is it? What is burnout? Well, the definition of burnout is an occasional phenomenon where employees experience a mix of physical and psychological symptoms that result in decreased job satisfaction and productivity. How official, right? <laughs> Occupational burnout, which is just one of the types of burnout, was first recognized in the mid-70s. It was really a study on healthcare professionals. But now they've realized that burnout is not limited to just people in the healthcare industry. It occurs in every industry. I'm coming to you from the mortgage industry. There's a lot of burnout there. I know there's a lot of burnout in the insurance industry, customer service. I mean, there's probably about a million jobs I could list. The World Health Organization defines burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. <laughs> you know, some of these definitions, they really crack me up because that's just another way of making it sound like you're just not doing enough to take care of yourself, right? That's what we hear all the time, right? <laughs> One of the things that I am going to go over in some of these classes is mindset. And there's a lot of you rolling your eyes right now wanting to shut this off. Bear with me, please. <laughs> the reason that I bring it up is mindset is not going to make the pain or the burnout go away. But what it is going to do is help you recognize specifics about your pain so that you can better communicate with your doctors. It's also going to help you understand which things make 
you flare. Sometimes they're out of nowhere and there's nothing you can do about it. Other times we all know we have that day where we're feeling really good, so we try to get everything done that we haven't been able to do in about two years. <laughs> and we get about halfway through it and then get mad because we throw ourselves into another flare. Being mindful of that is another part where you can go and you can relax in between the things that you are doing so that you can continue to move forward. It takes time. I know it takes time. Bear with me through a lot of this. Because some of it you're going to be really pissed off, but then once I explain why and how it helps, you may have a completely different outlook on it. So bear with me through all of this, please. <laughs> so why is burnout a big deal? For you managers, bosses, company owners, burnout affects 70% of employees. 62% of all employees feel mentally and physically exhausted after work. It's emotional exhaustion. It's a real thing. 36% of employees admit that their organizations are doing nothing to prevent burnout. Boy, I've been there. I've been to the company where it doesn't matter how far down you are. And your personal life, oh, you better not bring that in. But you need to be able to take care of it during the hours that you work. So go ahead and take those two 15-minute breaks. But, you know, go ahead and eat at your desk. Don't actually take a lunch. I started taking walks on my breaks, trying to find a way through. And every time I would come back to a fire, it was more stressful leaving my desk than staying at it, right? What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of life is that, right? Remember, money doesn't cure burnout. There's only a 6% difference in burnout rates between employees earning 100000 a year and 30000 a year. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter how important you think your job is, if you think it's more important than everybody else. Everybody has a burnout level. If you go into some of the fast food places, they have rooms where you can go to cry because people are so horrible. Think about that for a minute. They have cry rooms. I've had other jobs with cry rooms so that you can go and handle what you need to handle and breathe and then come back out. But you get nailed when you go and use it. <laughs> right? That's why I want to help and encourage people to really take a look at their life and what is going on so that they can move beyond living a rat race life. Because what is it, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If you're going into work every day and you are crying before you have to go into work, if you are trying to get out of bed in the morning and you just can't do it, I've been there. I know what it's like. So 
So really, there are three recognized types of burnout. We have overload burnout where there's just more and more piling on and no matter what you do, you just can't slow it down. There's the under-challenged burnout where you're sitting there begging for work, but you can't work on anything else without getting in trouble, so you're supposed to sit and look like you have work to do. And you're going out of your mind because there's nothing challenging about your job. There's neglect burnout. Either not being able to keep up with demands or they only hear negative feedback. Oh, that was a big one in the mortgage industry. You could do 99 loans right, but if you had one loan that was wrong, that's the only loan you heard about, right? You get to the point where you're like, fuck it, I don't care. Go, go ahead, write me up, do whatever you're going to do. I'm just here to collect a paycheck at this point because you know what? Screw all y'all, right? I think if employers paid a little more attention <laughs> to these types of burnout, they would have far less turnover if they would actually listen to their employees and actually be there for their employees rather than saying that they are because they legally have to say that they're doing all of these things, right? But when it comes down to it, are they actually doing it? No. And when you try to do something about it, does anything get done? No. But that's a whole different story, right? <laughs> so this page, this next page is going to be a little overwhelming. On this page, I have the symptoms of burnout. There's the cognitive symptoms, the emotional symptoms, the physical symptoms, and the behavioral symptoms. Take a minute and read over these. See what you feel like you are in tune with. We're going to come back to this in a little bit. But for now, just kind of glance it over. Don't let it become overwhelming. Some of this can feel overwhelming when you start recognizing everything that's going on. Take some deep breaths through it all. You can do this. You've got this. Okay, now that you've read those, and if you need a little more time, you can pause this, do it on your time. But there is good news after reading all of that. <laughs> it is possible to recover from burnout. It's not a quick fix. It's not popping a pill and the next day you're fine. Throughout this class, we are going to cover how to recover in class. One thing you can start doing today is breathe. Be aware of your breathing and how your body feels. Take a deep breath that goes all the way down to your toes and then let it out nice and slow. It can be helpful if you do this with some music, with some headphones, if you have a lot of noise around you. Um, have those noise-canceling headphones, turn on some meditation music, and just breathe. Even if it's for one minute, even if it's for two minutes, 
at the end of this video, if you continue after where it says thank you, I'm going to have about five minutes of music where you can just breathe. And as thoughts start to come in, just boot them out. There's going to be a special episode that I'm going to release that, that will be a guided meditation. If you have a hard time meditating, if you have a hard time shutting off your mind, listen to that meditation, that guided meditation. Listen to that guided meditation. And if the ones that I do don't help, go to YouTube. Find one that does. Go to the app Calm. I have no affiliation with them, but I know that they are a wonderful place for some guided meditations. I used them a lot when I first started learning how to do all of this. But keep breathing. Many times when we get stressed, we stop breathing. And that causes more stress because you're cutting off the oxygen flow to your brain, to the blood cells, to everything. You can start looking up the, all of the medical research on it. I'm not going to cover all of that. That's not why I'm here. But it is definitely something to look into. Breathing and drinking water. You hear it a million times. <laughs> but then you just laugh it off and go, don't actually do it, right? Drink your water. Take your deep breaths. Do your meditations. I fought it for years. And now I laugh at myself for fighting it for years. If you're fighting it, just do it. You can't do it wrong. One of the stories um, that I tend to share about burnout, some of you may have heard this, some of you may have not. Prior to going on leave for burnout, I was obsessed with trying to be the perfect mom, trying to be there for all of my kids through everything that they needed and that I thought they needed, trying to do my best at work, trying to do my best at home. And it felt like I was treading water and couldn't get to the top, couldn't get to the surface to be able to take a breath. And it seemed like the harder I swam and the harder I kept going, the further the surface slipped away from me. To the point where it was like I was at the bottom of the lake looking at the surface, just weighed down. I knew I could get up there. I knew it was there. I knew there was oxygen. I knew I could take a breath, but I couldn't get off the bottom of the lake. I can remember one day just before going on leave, I went outside for a cigarette, and I was talking to, like, the emergency nurse's line, the appointment line, I don't know, somebody from the medical facility that I was going to, to try and get a diagnosis or any kind of resemblance of help whatsoever. And I was leaning against the building where I worked. 
and I crumbled to the ground talking with this woman and I started hyperventilating. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm failing everybody. I'm going to lose my job. I can't do the things that I used to do. I used to go on five mile a day walks during my lunch and I can't do it anymore. I can't go on hikes. I can barely get out of bed and then I have to be at work. And the people that are just starting are making the same money that I was making after doing this for 10 years. And, and I crumbled. It was everything I could do not to curl up in the fetal position in the rocks behind a bush against the building of my job. And it was at that point that my doctors and everybody started talking to me about taking some time off of work. Stepping away from work. At this point, it was the peak of COVID. Employers were discovering that you could finally work from home. And I was on leave at that time, and I thought, okay, well, I, maybe since it's at home, maybe I can do this. So I started going in part-time. And the anxiety and the depression were so crippling that I couldn't even begin to do a job that I had been doing for over a decade. And I ended up on long-term leave. Everybody else in the house was still working. Whether they were essential workers or able to work from home, everybody else's life was able to keep going and, and mine couldn't. And I struggled with that. I still struggle with that, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> Becoming mindful and choosing to put yourself first doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad days, doesn't mean that you're not going to have anxiety attacks, does not mean that you're not going to throw temper tantrums. <laughs> but when you become more mindful of it, you start to recognize what's going on, when a flare is coming, when an anxiety attack is pending. And you can start to take the steps necessary to be able to ride it through. I am very fortunate to have a husband who has grown with me through all of this. Sometimes I am able to vocalize spoons and that's our word for I'm, I'm about at the end and I need to go do what I need to do to recover regardless of what's going on. I have to put my body first. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'm not able to verbalize what I'm feeling. I'm 47 years old and sometimes I can't verbalize what I'm feeling. But because 
together we have been through these episodes so many times. We can have a conversation about it without even having a conversation about it. But to get there, we had to have a lot of very, very difficult conversations. Very, very difficult nights where we wondered whether we were going to make it through this storm together or not. But when we break it down and we take it step by step and we recognize where this is all coming from, and if we truly feel the way that we feel when we're upset, then we can make it through to the other side. But every time we go through this, we choose each other. Again, that doesn't mean from the beginning. That doesn't mean that we don't fight. doesn't mean that we don't have ugly, ugly, ugly days. But it also means that we choose to move forward. And you can do the same for yourself. And it doesn't matter if it's friends, family, kids, parents, employers. When you set those boundaries and you start to choose you first, you start to have options that you never saw in front of you before. You got to see that you deserve them first. So that is a little bit of my burnout story. Something I have definitely learned is everybody has a story and everybody has a different way that they get through it. Some of you I may be resonating with. Some of you may be telling me to take a long walk off a short pier. I'm not for everybody. But the people I am here for are the people that are listening right now going, oh my God, I recognize myself in that story. I recognize that the things that are being said right now I can relate to and they're things that I, I think I might be able to do. If the thoughts like those are what's going through your mind, then please, please join me. Patreon.com is where the majority of all of my lessons are going to be. It's where my lives are going to be. It's where my workbooks are going to be. It's where everything that I am building is going to be. And I am building this to help everybody find their way through. For those of you who have seen my, my contact information for the patreon.com but don't know what it is, click on it, click on the link, play around a little bit, take a look. I have three different tiers. What Patreon is, is a way that viewers can contribute to content creators. On my Patreon, I have three different ways that you can support a $5 a month membership, a $10 a month, and a $25 a month. You can go to patreon.com slash inspirationattackco slash membership if you want to see what these memberships are and what you get for each one. This is something that I have been building for a while. I am 
officially launching, I hope, the next portion of this on January 1st so that everybody can get a fresh start towards everything. Not, not for New Year's resolutions, but for a New Year life plan. You know, this isn't just about losing weight or just about getting to a therapist or just about going for walks or whatever it is, eating healthier, quitting smoking, whatever it is that your New Year's resolution is, this is more than that. This is helping you to be able to make that change. And the reason that I know this makes that change is because I have gone from being in bed damn near 24-7 other than my basic necessities and being a smoker to quitting smoking I think for nine months now, something like that. Yeah. I haven't had a cigarette in nine months. And I am out of bed at least 50% more than I was a year ago. And the really cool thing about stuff that takes a long time I know it can feel like it takes forever. I know it can feel like you're sitting there going, for the love of God, please help. Please, please, please let me get through this. Please, 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 please. And it feels like nothing ever happens. But then when you look to the previous year and you recognize how far you've come because each day in some way or another you chose you, it is a phenomenal thing to look back and see how far you've come. Go listen to Five More Steps, the Manitou Incline story. You can do this one step at a time. As you go through your journey, I want you to keep a, I want you to keep a couple of things in mind. Know that other people's judgments of you are none of your business. People who expect you to respect their choices in life but don't respect yours are good to distance from. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope the information provided is helpful to you. Whatever you are going through right now, just focus on the next five steps. Have an amazing day, and remember to stay inspired. <music>